0: Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, Episode Sixty Four, for Tuesday, May tenth, two thousand sixteen. <music> Greetings, folks, and welcome. To Gig Gab, the Working Musicians podcast here for you and us, the Weekend Warriors, that uh, that keep it happening, keep making it happen all the time. You know, now that we're sixty four, uh I, I, I can't think anymore, Paul. So how you doing? I'm Dave Hamilton here in Durham, New Hampshire.
1: <laughs> all can out in Las Gatas. I'm doing good. Sixty four. I still need you, Dave. I same. That's right. Yeah, you
0: still feed me. What is that? Wait, (laughs) (laughs) the show feeds me.
1: It's good. There you go. Yeah. This is a a ungodly, not rock and roll hour to be doing gig. um,
0: No, that's true. You had a, um, you actually had a vocal rehearsal yesterday, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, that, that punted us from our normal position, but thankfully we're both flexible dudes. So uh,
1: the show must go on, Dave, the show must that's that,
0: that. Yeah. You know, that's, um, I, I've been thinking we need a like a tagline or something that we send people off with, and and perhaps you know. But I've been trying to think like what is what is that thing that that that's sort of universal to what we what we do here. And,
1: well, you uh, know, uh, Bruce Springsteen, who I might have mentioned a few times on this show, is someone I admire greatly. Once,
0: once before, I've been keeping once track. Once
1: before, yeah. yeah. And you know, his was nobody wins if unless everybody wins. Yeah, and and Billy Joel's at the end of his concert, he used to say. I'll I'll paraphrase here for the younger audience. Don't take any crap from anybody. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So something like that.
0: Yeah. We need, we need something. It'll, it'll, it'll develop, but I just figured I'd, you know, I'd mention it. Did you have uh before we get into vocal rehearsals, I want to talk about gigs. Did you have any gigs this weekend?
1: Uh, last weekend I had a a solo acoustic gig. Went pretty good. I've been really, um, stressing my, uh, finger picking style stuff lately, which is returning quite a bit. And, um, it's kind of cool, and cool. actually, there's there's a lot of work right now. More and more places. I don't know what's going on around here, but more and more places want at least acoustic music, if not full bands. Yeah. So the town that I'm living in, you know, they're actually talking about easing the permit requirement for people to offer live music, uh-huh. because they want to stimulate commerce and get more people in. And this whole acoustic thing, um, is, has been like on the on the leading edge of it because it's so easy to implement. And, yeah. You know, not as many noise concerns and that type of thing. So there's a lot of work here. Um, and hopefully, you know, I can get some more regular Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursdays. I mean, I, the House Rockers are very fortunate to have just a great summer ahead of us. And just about all of our weekends are booked sure. through through the end of September. But, um, yeah, I mean, but it's that will be interesting because... Uh, it'll be, get more competitive to get that acoustic stuff. Of course. So, you know, what's going to stick out. And, the, you know, like Acoustic Madness, my trio, that plays generally, mostly kind of like 70s AM radio rock. That's that's the bulk of what it does. I mean, okay. you know, we feature, we have this awesome woman singer and we feature her in whatever. I mean, she sings Alanis Morissette and she sings, sure. you know, from every genre. But um, But there's a lot of guys out there just strumming, you know, campfire songs and getting some work. Yeah. Uh, Then there's some crazy talented guys. I have this one friend. He actually just got the gig for the summer touring with Smash Mouth. He works in my guitar store. Very, very talented guy. You know, I've seen him play solo acoustic as well. Um, Another acoustic act. Um, uh, So what's going to make things stick out? I have a lot of stuff that's like James Taylor, Jackson Brown, in my acoustic repertoire. But I, I think what I want to do is I want to add a little bit more like some acoustic Pearl Jam, some Dave yes. Matthews, you know, some stuff that kind of talks to some different audiences. Because that's ultimately what all those places that are hiring acoustic music want is they want musicians that can bring business to them. Do you so, um, do you I find
0: around here, the acoustic scene around here is is actually pretty mature. Um, it it compared to what you tell me, you know, out there where it's, it's like, it's been this thing that's bubbled up very seemingly very recently, um, you you know, and so what I see here, it might actually be helpful for you, right? Because it, it, we've already, for the most part, weeded out kind of the crappy acoustic musicians. Like you said, you, you know, the, 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 the having several seasons worth of, of, uh, of gigs, you know, under our belt and perhaps probably even 10 years of, of gigs under the kind of the, the acoustic seat, the, the acoustic development here, yeah. uh, all the crappy guys don't get work anymore because there's enough good people to, to fill all the slots, uh, which is good. Um, but there's, I mean, it's not, it's not quite as competitive as getting electric gigs. Um, it, be Just because there's more venues for, yeah. you know, for acoustic stuff. But, uh, but what, what I've seen is, the people that can deliver requests uh, Mm. get a lot of work. So I'm curious how you deal with that. Cause I know you're, (laughs) you're a perfectionist, right? You like to know what you're going to deliver. So how do you, how do you deal with the request thing?
1: Well, that's a funny question because in acoustic madness, Steve, who's been on the show with us is a, I mean, I don't, I don't say this facetiously. He's like a human jukebox. I mean, right. He has a massive, massive memorized, um, repertoire and then you know he has a an ipad with you know thousands of tunes as well and he's pretty bold and fearless to take requests and do that type of stuff and he does a great job with it and he's i would say to some degree he's built a bit of his reputation on it uh in acoustic madness we'll jump in where we can but he handles requests i actually have a different approach to um when i why i'm doing the acoustic things so you know i've said on the show why i do the acoustic things is to work on my performance chops, to work on, on my stage presence, you know, and my repertoire and my rapport with an audience. So I'm actually have a very kind of focused, um, approach that the gigs that I take, uh, it's a little bit of, Hey, here's a chance to see Paul from house rockers. Cause you've seen the house sure. rockers plays around so much, but it's not really, it's not really so vain as that. Um, but, I, that's not me. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I am. And I'd say it, perfectionism would be a little bit of it. Um, but it's more, um, I rehearse some things that I really want to. And I, when I rehearse them and I think about performing them, there's a, there's a purpose to them. So sure, I yeah, want, and
0: that's I guess perfection is the wrong word. You're, you're, purposeful about it. You're, you're, you, you, you plan. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. songs that I want to say to people, whether they're, you know, some, something that touches me or whether there's something I think will touch them or, you know, what it might be. But that's what a two or three hour acoustic gig that I do is, is like kind of my little look inside my head in terms of music that means something to me. and So I approach it that way. And that's a very, very interesting question, because here's where we can go from there. Um, The question is, how do you curate an audience? Right.
0: Well, yeah, hang on, because I had some gigs this weekend, too. So hold on to that first for one second. Let
1: me just let me just fill it together. Is that, you know, Steve has a bit of a reputation you know, he plays great and he has a great repertoire, but he is like, oh, we can go see him and, and make requests. Right. And I think people come to see him for that. I think people come to see me for a different reason. And that's that's kind of like, who are you when you when you perform and are you consistent to that? Oh, right? that
0: yeah, let's, let's stay here because we can talk about my gigs later. That's fine. Because this is. Sure? Good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. Because um, th- this is a good topic. Right. It is preparing your audience, walking in prepared to see what they expect to see. Uh, That's one part of curating an audience, right? It is, is remaining consistent to who you are, but the trick is how do you turn the person that just randomly was there for dinner, sitting in the corner into your audience for the next gig, right? Uh, You know, how do you, how do you attract the drive-bys and, and requests are, a, you know, an easy way to do it because you know you talk about developing rapport with an audience and that's the first step to curating an audience, right? You, they, you have, they have to feel like there's a conversation of some sort there. Yeah. And, and when they, you know, if, if someone that doesn't know you is in a club and sees other people asking you, Oh, Hey, will you play this? And then you play it. Well, now, you know, as soon as that conversation happens and it, it the, honestly, the same thing is true of this show, right? Anytime we've answered your questions on the air on this show, more of you send in questions because it, it sort of it feeds it, right? You, you hear, oh, wait a minute, that somebody else got got a little bit of attention. That that means they'll give me some attention, which with, with this show is absolutely true. Uh, but, you know, but you have to kind of remind people of that in order to engage them on that level. So that's it, but, but that's not the only way to engage them, but it's the request thing is sort of an, it's an easy way. It's, it's the low hanging fruit, not to say that it's easy though, (laughs) because pulling off requests. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, you have to do it. It, You have to entertain with the requests that doesn't necessarily mean playing it perfectly. Uh,
1: Well, I, I think that part of, um, these intimate venues, the history of those, I mean, if you think about like the solo piano players, with the tip jar on top of the piano, I mean, that I think has long been an issue, right? Yeah. Like, it's long been a feature of, of, you know, you're out with somebody and you know, you want to pay them a compliment or you want to acknowledge them and you make a request and, you know, guy announces a song, this is a dedication from so-and-so to so-and-so. And I mean, that's, it is, it is a point of connection is probably the most salient thing that you shared is that it's one way to um, deliver a service as expected and um, and make a connection that makes someone want to come back. I mean, and that's why that's the trick. Yeah, yeah. For, for many years, I, you know, the, that's what comes to mind is kind of the solo piano guy playing in a lounge. You know, why would you go hang out in that lounge? Because you know, like Billy Joel says, they know it's me. <laughs> he knows it's me. They've been coming to see. Right, right. right. So uh, that certainly is one way. Um, there's an element of truth. So I've seen guys who have incredible chops. Play these gigs. You never know who they are. They never say their name. They never, you know, do that. And if you're a guitar fan, you, you know, you might say, "Holy cow! I got to go see this guy again." Right. But I think I think the casual people out on a date somewhere is another thing. And then that's another thing: are the venues you're picking to play? Are you by definition background music? Are you by definition front and center? Um, everything changes when you have an audience, though. I mean, when you can go where you want and you know you're going to bring X amount of people you know, that are going to come to see you. And that's actually one of the other things about acoustic music around here that, that I'm a little bit particular about. I try to pick places to play that are music rooms, Mm. not, not where they've kind of stuck in the corner and don't play too loud because people are having a conversation or or their food, you know, a little bit narcissistic, but you know, I need it to be a little bit about me because I'm trying to communicate something. I'm not just, I'm not just filling the air with, with notes, you know, that type of thing. But And some people for work that, you know, totally works for them. And some people who don't have much of a, who don't have much of a rap, you know, who don't have much of a, a performance approach, that's a good gig for them. And that's totally cool. The things about creating an audience that to me, I think are interesting to talk about. Um, it's It's a very mixed blessing. I, I work a lot around here. I work a lot within 10 miles of where I live. I'd say, you know, almost, almost 80% of my acoustic gigs are around here. And then the house rockers play quite a bit around here as well. And you get an audience, but you can only ask them to come out and see you so many times. Yeah. And so, so how you go about picking the the gigs that you want to push is one thing. Um, That relationship with an audience is also um, exhausting. I mean, you you kind of got when you play so much around your home and you run into people. You kind of got to be on all the time, which I that personally I'm not good at. I mean, every once in a while, it, it's a funny thing. I I will someone will say, "Hey, aren't you in the House Rockers?" If I'm in with my wife, she finds this in, incredibly funny, but sure. um, you know, kind of cool. You know, someone wants to take a moment out of their day to say, "Hey, you know, I like your band." That that's kind of a cool thing. That's awesome. Yep, but it is. um you got, you, you got to be grateful for that and you know, you've earned it. You got to be grateful for that, but, um, it can be, it can be a little, it can um, be an interruption. Yeah. Well, an interruption, one thing, I'm, my point is more, um, it can be t- It can be exhausting. Yeah. That's the right way to, to look be, it. to be a friend, uh, you know, of a, of a fan and to be, and to be, you know, deliver what you're there to deliver, which is your music that can be exhausting. Um, It can also be exhausting the other way. I mean, you know, when when you have buddies who are playing around town as well and the audience that you've curated is choosing to go somewhere else, you know, that can be disappointing. I'm actually pretty fortunate. I have you know, I've talked about Bill, my sound guy who everybody in the world should have a bill. I also have another buddy who um, he's a friend. I'd like to think he appreciates the music as much as he is a friend, but he goes out of his way to bring an audience to come see me almost all the time he'll make calls and he'll bring six, eight, 10 people. Um, And I, I, and so that, and then, you know, some people see my Facebook ad or or Facebook posts. If I get another six or eight of that, and then, you know, a a place has a a good built-in audience and then I'll have 20, 30 people. That's a pretty good night in most, in most places where I'm expected to bring a draw. Sure. So I have this friend who, you know, he's, he's a very good friend. He's a really good guy and he's fairly dedicated. I, again, I'm, I'm hoping that, from my narcissistic side, that he likes the music as much as he, as much as he likes the hang. Sure. But, um, but that's actually but, that, cool. but that's
0: okay. If he, if, if he likes the hang more than he likes the music, I mean that, you know, you, you can, you get to control what you bring to the equation, right? And as long as what you're bringing is consistent or, or at least what the audience expects and maybe, uh, I mean, for some bands, inconsistency is, you know, their stock in trade, but they're consistent in that. Right. So as long as you're delivering what people expect to deliver, then they bring their own reason for being there. And if yeah. it's if it and it's OK, if it's not about the music, if it's well, I know I'm going to see all my other friends there. Well, that's OK, too. I mean, you're creating, you know, at some point you kind of have to let go of the reins and say, yeah, these people are here i've I've created you know you're the gravity right if if it weren't for you, they would be somewhere else they might be somewhere else together they might be somewhere else separate, but right. then it's like okay, it's cool as long as as long as they're not like showing up and you know instead of watching you play they're you know stacking tables and playing you know restaurant <laughs> jenga and pissing everybody off right i mean if that's their thing, then maybe that's not the kind of people you want to curate but you know otherwise <laughs> it can be fun
1: yeah well i to sum this all up i'm I'm very fortunate to have a couple friends who who come almost all the time, so I, I'm rarely playing to nobody. Sure. And then I have a couple friends who you know who get people to come, and that's incredible blessing, and I'm very appreciative of that. Um, people find those people, you know, who are who are loyal to you and loyal to your cause, and that maybe that's it. I'll spin it this way: I think those people, even the, whether it's the hang or whether it's the music. I think they um, buy into that I'm trying to put something out into the into the universe that uh, is, is of value yeah. and is of use and those, those types of things. And there's an appreciation there. And, and that's the basis of the kind of the mutual respect that goes both ways. I appreciate that they enjoy music and I appreciate that they enjoy my music. And so um, that, that's, those are the people that you build the basis of the audience that you curate.
0: So, but I do have a question. I wanted to rewind to one thing and that was, you know, you're playing, you mentioned playing most of your gigs in like a, you know, a 10 mile radius. Um, and, and that's a pretty small area and we all sort of deal with this. And, and you made a very good point that you have to be very conscious of how often, I mean, it's, you're basically playing all of your gigs, uh, it, in an area where there, where there is one audience, right. It's yeah. not, you know, it, it's not like you're going 50 miles that way and 50 miles that way. And maybe you are at times and you can cultivate other audiences, but, but the, the same thing holds true. You know, if you're playing 10 gigs in a month in the same 10 mile radius, how do you pick? Cause you can't ask everyone to come to all 10 gigs. If you do that, they'll probably get them coming to none. So yeah. how do you, how do you pick, because we have to deal with this too. Like, you know, we've got a fling fest coming up um, on June 4th. And and when we do those, we have to sort of either intentionally not book gigs, you know, the weekend or two before or after, or if we do, it's, you know what, we're going to play that gig at that club, but we're not going to promote it. You yeah. know, it's up. we're just playing for the room in that, for the people in that room. And that's great. But, you know, we're not going to try and drag our... People there that, you know, the weekend before or the night before we got to, you know, we got to do this. How do you, I mean, I guess you're probably doing the same thing. You're just making a judgment call, right?
1: Well, I'm, I started a, I'm going to talk about Facebook for a few seconds. Sure. I started a, a Facebook page that's just about my music and trying to more slowly get people over to that page because, you know, my, my personal Facebook page has got business and got family and all those types of things. Sure. So I'm trying to push people more over there slowly, more pictures, more more um, posts. Um, I will typically post about once a week, here's where I am this week. No no request for people to come, more a statement. Just a heads right? up. Yep. Yeah. And and let me say this. Facebook is a disaster. Right now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just, it is so cluttered with come to my gigs. And and the problem is, is that the guy who, who you know, hey, come to my gigs. We're giving out a free million dollars to everybody. That type of bad marketing. Yeah. Whether you do it or not, you get associated with it, right? And, and the you know?
0: reality is with a Facebook page, most people won't see your posts anyway.
1: Right. Pa- pages are sort of deprioritized
0: these days over there.
1: Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm experimenting with pushing people over to that. But my personal page pretty much on a Monday, you know, here are my gigs this week. No request, just a statement. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to downplay it and, and not be that intense about, uh, you know, don't, don't be the silly guy begging for people to come to your gigs. I am I think I've been doing it long enough that you don't have to take that tact. I, well. I don't know that you ever have to take the tact. So anyway, that's that. Fortunately, the house rockers almost all summer long are not um, responsible for draw as we go to all these towns and play these festivals that have built in town. So, sure. so again, just posting, you know, Posting your calendar, that type of thing. It's different than the club gigs, especially the ones where we take the door. You know, that's different. So so we're about to, like, really go down in terms of, you know, like the gig, please, that type of thing. But for the acoustic stuff, um, yeah, I, I try to always add in new material. So I try to give people something new to listen to whenever they come to see me. So yep. at least one or two songs a night. Um, you try to make every time – it's more about – the performance to me actually. So I try to make the performance a conversation with an audience and, you know, like uh, of kind of an intimate thing. That's, that's the vibe of those personal. Well, that's those the, beauty, acoustic
0: the beauty things. of acoustic is you can do that a lot more easily. Yeah. yeah. You
1: know, talk to people, welcome people, you know, talk about the happenings of the day. And, you know, yeah. if you have a song that connects to the happenings of the day, that's a, just a good karmic moment that uh that again you're just trying to put something out into the universe um that's my vibe that that's my personal vibe um i don't i don't plea a lot um unless there's a place where i where i'm really you know required to that's part of the gig is me bring my draw i'm pretty careful about taking too many of those especially with acoustic stuff i will not I will never call my friends and say, Hey, can you get your, can you get your group to come today? I will never, ever do that. Hmm. Um, maybe it's pride, you know, maybe <laughs> what, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but, um, sure. But also I think it's taking advantage of people's goodwill and, you know, people taking advantage of, uh, you know, the generosity of people with, with their, yeah,
0: I mean, I, I don't have a problem with that uh, in a blanket, it, it, in a, you know, in a, in a global way. I, I, I don't, do it for every gig but you know there might be a gig or two a year kind of thing where it's like hey this is important to me I'd love it if you could come out and it's not like and if you don't man we will never talk again it's not you know it's not like that but it's just hey this is important to me would you do it and I feel like people do that in a general sense you know and and so that I don't I don't do it any more than I would want to be asked by any one person
1: yeah yeah I mean I have I have friends who like every gig is somebody's birthday celebration. Yeah. I mean, it, it just gets, gets, exhausting. Right. Yeah. And you know, I have friends that are um, everything that they send out is, is, is based upon scarcity and fear, you know, buy a ticket now or, or, you know, give me a Facebook like now uh, only, only 10 tickets left, that type of thing. And that's sure. exhausting to me. And I think that's just, I think that's just naive marketing, you know, or, or you know, or gimmicky. And um, I try I would try, I hope I don't ever do that, but I would try to avoid that type of thing. Again, my thing, my whole arc of how I think about this audience curation is don't ask too much, make your show be something of substance that delivers something. Um, Be, be appreciative, be thoughtful, you know, in like how you use your marketing. If you're going to post a picture or if you're going to relay something that happened at the gig, the subtle undertone is hey i'm doing this i'm going to be out there and i'd love it if you come be part of this thing that i'm doing all the time it's not you know it might not be marketing 101 but it's what i think it's not the most aggressive marketing in the world and i'm and i'm really cautious about it and yeah you know it, every once in a while there's a gig where we we really want a full house um and, that, and that's when i want a full house and that's when i'll be a little bit more like you know, I'd love it if you come. That's about as far as I'll go. Sure. You know, join me, that type of thing. But um, I'm, I'm pretty, I, I soft sell because I know I'm going to have to be back out there again the next week. So I kind of soft sell it, but it's a, it's a arc. It's a, it's a program, you know, that, that is all those things. It's like a subtle here's my here's my deal. It's making sure at the shows that you know I create something. And if something happens at the show, a picture, a story, or an introduction or someone new who comes, I might post something else. Again, Facebook is the main communication tool that is like, hey, something cool happened at the gig this week. And and over time I'd like to think that someone, you know, kind of puts this all together, like, oh, this guy's a you know, working musician. Sure. Maybe yeah. I should check him out. Oh, that's a cool picture of it. And it looks like they're having some fun there. And then when you go, right. And so you just do that and you thank people. Again, the best advice I ever got was from Mr. Dave Hamilton is that when you take a break or after a show, you go, you shake people's hands and you meet people and you say, thanks for coming. Still, still.
0: It's good advice, but I don't follow it all the time. It well, was, it's
1: hard. You're exhausted sometimes, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes <laughs> there's but a it reason is, for it the, break. the yeah. Yeah. I mean, your customers are your yeah. listeners. Your fans are right there. Give someone just a simple point of connection. And you can turn them into a, a really dedicated follower. And that's that, that is, that is the best thing you can do more than marketing. The people who are there are much more likely to come back and see you. Yeah. If you create a point of connection, you, Try, you know, obviously you got to do it from the stage, but you, if you can do it personally, it's, it's even more powerful.
0: You do. I remember a band I was in in college. Um, a, our guitar player, who's a naturally shy guy um, asked me at one point, he's like, man, he's like, you know, at our set breaks, it's like, you know, people like come up to you to talk to you or whatever. He's like, how, I, why, why don't they come up and talk to me? And I said, well, occasionally, I mean, we, I was just the drummer, you know, I, I, I didn't sing lead on a single thing. I'd sang a couple of harmonies um, and our lead singer basically interacted with the crowd, but I would occasionally interact with him, you know, and, and it was just sort of created our little banter. It was just how it worked. And I said, well, you know, they hear me talk. They see that I, I'm human you know, and I'm not just back there playing an instrument. Uh, th- there's, there's a connection there. And I said that that's the only thing I can put, uh, you know, uh, my finger on that's different between you and me. Cause you're out there, you're actually at the front of the stage. You're singing more harmonies than me, but, uh, but you know, that's that. And so he tried it at one gig and sure enough, you know, people came right up and it's like, yeah, you gotta, you know, and you don't, I'm not necessarily advocating that every member of the band should be, you know, talking all over each other and, and all of that, it needs to be entertaining, but as a band, you need to say things to your audience. Like you said, you need to develop that, that, that point of contact and you need to make them, you need to remind them that you're just a human being, just like them, you know, and then, and then they feel comfortable talking to you.
1: I agree. Yeah. it's good stuff. So That's my thoughts on audience curation. I think, I think it's something you have to do. Yeah. I think it's something that everyone can do. Um, And, you know, you got to, it boils down to, you know, truth to your vibe. What what are you, what do you stand for when you perform music? And, um, you know, if you're playing music to connect with people, your job is actually to connect with people all the time, you know, in an intelligent way, in a thoughtful way. And then, you know, you'll have a base of people who come to see you and hopefully it goes. Actually, here's an interesting thought. It is it is exhausting because we all know, whether it's a band or a solo guy, we all know growing up the band that was the band in an area. And there was a scene and the band always had a crowd, you know, whether they broke or whether they didn't break. Sure. We yeah. all have that in the back of our minds, what that's like, where some kind of organic um, growth happens to your audience. And all of a sudden there's this fervor and excitement for you. I don't know. It doesn't happen that much anymore. It happens a little bit, you know, in my area, you know, the bands right now that, that seem to have a fervor around them, um, you know, uh, the original scene aside and, you know, the original scenes are so different now from like when you and I were growing up. Right. I mean, it's just, it's, it's almost weird that, that there aren't enough original music clubs anymore because they're hard to fill. And, and you know, it's a different thing, but what you aspire to, what we all aspire to in the back of our mind is, wouldn't it be cool if word got out about what I do and, and all of a sudden, you know, people started many people, you know, or, or or the, um, um, organically, your audience grew to some, some larger viral, (laughs) um, to to use a terrible term, um, of like viral growth of your audience. That's hard. You know, that's, I, I don't know what mojo goes into that. Um, you know, there's this guy who used to play, acoustic music here in the seventies. And, um, you know, he had, he had people lined up an hour before he would go on to play cover acoustic music, you know, a hundred people deep. And he started his career doing those types of gigs and then, you know, turned it into a band and, you know, he's one of the more successful corporate bands that's been around here. Uh, but just singing Crosby, Stills and Nash and, you know, yeah. Kenny Loggins in the seventies. But in your mind, you remember a scene evolved around that one artist and that's what you aspire to i don't know do you have any, Do you have anybody like that that's like a, kind of a local celebrity now in your in your area yeah
0: yeah there's a couple um and and they i feel like they still that still happens here in at varying degrees yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you know i've never been in an area long enough to um to really be a part of that, right? I mean, we, you know, when I was in in Connecticut, actually, we were right. We we were one of those bands that that really had that kind of thing going. There were bands that were, you know, more popular than we were, but but we were, you know, we were on that path and and had that. Um, but it, you know, it's it's um, it's just because we worked really hard at it. It was crazy. You know, we were. There's
1: one a, of, a certain amount of serendipity that that takes over for that, right? Totally. You didn't- Totally. You didn't coerce the entire scene.
0: No, right? no, no, no. But we worked the scene. You know, we we made friends with all the bands that were in the scene. We made friends with the important bands, the ones that already had that. Right. And uh, and we're truly friendly with them. It Like it, it was it, at some level. Sure. It was a friendship out of. Um, uh, out of intention, for lack of a huh. better term, you know, but yeah. but it was You're also, yours. we made friends. I mean, they were truly our friends uh, and, and because of that, they would have us open up for them and Uh, you know, and, and if they saw us at a gig or whatever, they'd be like, like, because we'd go to their gigs and they'd say, Oh, look, it's, you know, Dave and Jeff from Go Figure here. That's great. You know, that, that kind of thing. But we would go and support them and and hang out with them. And they'd invite us up on the, on stage to sing and play with them. And, you know, that whole kind of thing. Um, but you know, it was intentional that it was, and it was a lot of hard work. And this was back in the day, obvious, well, maybe not, obviously, um, before there was any sort of social media, I mean, I had email, but nobody else did. So our it was once a month we sent out a mailer to all of our fans. Uh, we would do postcard mailers. We had a list of a couple thousand people.
1: Uh, so and you really did like drive a truck to make this happen.
0: We did. Oh, absolutely. And our uh, our and again, we stole all these ideas from uh, you know all the favorite things from these other bands that were successful. Right. You know, and we sort of modeled after that. It was like, well, we'd steal that idea from them and that idea from them. And and our, our mailing list, in fact, I stumbled onto one of them the other day. I always saved copies and I don't know why, but one of them was just on the floor outside of my office. It must have been in a box and, you know, a move in a box or whatever. It fell out. And I looked at it and I'm reminded that we had all these inside jokes going. You know, we'd list the gigs that we were playing in the next month. And then we'd, you know, give to people information on all that. But then there were always just crazy stories and just like little things that we would bake into this postcard. It was a conversation. It, it was a conversation. Exactly. Right. We, it was social media before we had electronic mm. social media. And, um, and, and we were, I mean, it would take us hours and it would cost us hundreds of dollars every month, you know, because postage and paper. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it was totally worth it, uh, you know, because it it, it allowed us to continue to cultivate that, but it was a hundred percent intentional and a ton of effort. And I feel like, you know, if I, now that we're talking about it this way, I put, I feel like I do the same thing now, but it's far less effort because, you know, I can just go and like create an event on Facebook and, and, you know, in, in your mind, it's easy to say, okay, we're done. You know, it's but, easy to be lazy. Yeah, it's easy to be lazy without even thinking you're being lazy. That's the problem. <laughs> but, but if I put in the same number of hours um, per month that I did back then, my guess is we'd have three times as many people at our gigs.
1: You know, that's really interesting. So uh, there's a guy who books one of the nicer clubs around here. A really nice guy, very seasoned booker. Yeah. And when you approach him about booking a band, even if he knows you, he goes through his checklist and his checklist is, you know, what will you do? And you know, how many, how many Facebook followers do you have? How big is your email list? Yeah. And then he starts going like, will, will you, will you paper, you know, downtown? Um, will you know, put posters up downtown. Will you do, a, will your band members do a phone tree? Mm. And, and all of it sounds like good God, no. I mean, I'm just going to create a Facebook thing. isn't <laughs> But you know, that's the thing is you're lazy. If you really were committed to lighten up the room, yeah. these are the things you have to do. That's right. And, you know, just hearing you, you know, kind of go through this type of stuff, we do Facebook and we we do email and, um, you know, we hand out things at our gigs that are like our schedule and that type of stuff. Yep. But if you think about it, like if you're going to go hungry, if you, you know, if you don't get this right, if you, you know, if you were really committed to doing it, what would you do to make sure your band grew and had an audience? You would do a lot more stuff than just, well, I put it on Facebook, right? You'd think about it in a much more organic way. Yeah. And a get into it. That, yeah, for for really
0: us, it, the barrier to entry was much higher back then. So it yeah. took a lot of work to just get to the point where you could feel like you did one thing. And well, and but because of that, it was like, well, you you've got momentum on your side now, right? You've already done everything you needed to do to just get to the point where you've like crafted a mailer that you now have to go and make you know, uh, make 4,000 copies that you then chop into, or a thousand copies that you then chop into four things and then put the labels on and then put postage on. Right. I mean, there's, you know, but you've already done, you know, two hours worth of work. So what's another four or six or 10? You
1: know, what's interesting is I I remember, I'm going to kind of switch the gear slightly here Yeah. when I started my business, right. So I started my business in 1989 And, uh, you know, we held technology conferences and our first big one was in 1991. All those things you it didn't dawn on me to not personalize my outreach. I hand signed every letter, you know, that that I sent out. You know, I remember the value of kind of like sticking labels on envelopes. It actually got me to remember almost all of my customers' names, just seeing their name and interacting with them. And, you know, it's a very interesting thing. So if your goal is to is to curate, truly curate an audience, it's a lot more than just a Facebook thing. It really is. And you're just turning light bulbs on for me all over here, Dave. It's like, what did I used to do that made this, you know, my first business kind of get off the ground and it was, I really got to know my customers and I really appreciated every one of them. And so now with the music, I try to tell all of my fans, you know, we should say a fan is a blessed thing that somebody goes out of their way to see you play. Totally. It so <laughs> blows my mind every it's, time. Well, it's the
0: same with this show, right? I mean, there's a ton we could do more to promote the show. It's the same exact thing, yeah. but yeah. it doesn't mean that we're not. You know, it's the fans or the and the listeners are the. It's the same thing, right? We're totally blessed to have each and every one of everyone, you. absolutely,
1: yeah. And you know, doing something of quality is where it starts, right? Correct. Giving, putting a, a product out there that is something that means something to people is, is where it begins. But you know, the very basic thing of thanking people, this talking to people, talking to people as people, yeah, these are really great, you know, uh, foundational things to do. So. So, you know, we we could probably beat this to death for a long time, but you you really did kind of take me back to, like, when I started my own business and I wanted customers and, you know, it didn't dawn on me any other way. Be cool to them. Thank them profusely. It's the same thing with fans, right? Yeah. You know, build something of value that, you know, that delivers the goods and is worth their time or money or time and money. If you're selling tickets, time and money, Um, you know, make it good. And um, thank them and let them know. that You know you what know, the difference just, is, though,
0: Paul, is we that? were 20 years old when we did all this other That's stuff. That's very
1: true, man. We had
0: a lot more energy.
1: Very, well, very true. Y-
0: you know, it's easy to say, oh, yep, I've done the effort. It's like, yeah, you've done it, but you did it, you know, 20, 30 years ago. You need to still do it now because <laughs> this is a new thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good stuff, man. Thank you.
0: Yeah, me too. I didn't, I hadn't really, yeah, like it. The, the same light bulbs turned on for me that turned on for you here. It's, um. yeah, it's, they're not, they're not, it's not necessarily the dusty corner that I wanted to have the light shined on today, but, um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay.
0: Right. That's how, that's how it works. Yeah. So,
1: so we had a question about um, we have some time left. Um, we had a question about, about taxes do you want to you want to tee that up and like we'll start down that road and maybe open some questions and I, spend more time next time
0: i think that's a great idea yeah it, it we don't have to spend much time with it today but but next week I, I i do want to go through it's not well i'm going to say it's not a fun topic but that's actually me lying to you i actually really like this stuff i You're like ta- i know i'm weird i like ta i <sighs> like I like contracts and accounting. It's weird. I, like I could have should or should have been a lawyer. This is the first folks. This is the
1: first musician to ever say he likes taxes and contracts. I know. This I is well, first.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like reading them. I like the, yeah, whatever, but, uh, weird. uh, yeah, but it, it puts me in the position of usually being the band's, you know, accountant. If, if I'm in a band that needs one or, you know, internal accountant kind of thing. Cause most yeah. bands don't need an external accountant, but, um, but what I want So a, I, 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 and and on top of that, of course, I run businesses where you sort of have to wear all the hats and at least at the start. And so, I, you know, that skill has helped me there uh, immensely, uh, too. But uh, but I, I just wanted to talk about because we've had some questions about how do you deal with paying your musicians? How do you deal with getting, you know, tax forms from clubs? What do you or if you don't get a tax form from a club, how do you deal with that? How do you make it so that when you do your taxes every year, one guy in the band isn't getting screwed while everybody else sort of skates by? But you don't want to screw everybody. Um, I, I want to have that conversation, and so I, I think I think this is enough to tee it up. But uh, but if you have any thoughts on this or anything that that either you found over the years that that you found helpful that you want to share with. Uh, other listeners, or if you've had questions about it, go ahead and ask. And then next week we'll we'll talk a little bit more about it. And then I'm sure that'll trigger even more questions and comments, and um, and we'll go from there.
1: All with the required caveat: we are not CPAs, and we are not the IRS, and so yeah, you know, we're not we're not uh, we're not we're we, not we're responsible. Gonna talk about, yeah, we're going to talk about experiences and things that we've learned. Sure, but obviously, having someone out there who advises you is a smart thing. You, you know doesn't have to be a CPA necessarily but it should certainly be an accountant.
0: Right. Well, you need to know the difference too between a CPA who's going to sign off on your tax return and is at some level responsible for it being put together right. They're not responsible for the accuracy of the data. That's on you always. But you know, in terms of how to present that data, if your accountant signs the form, then they're responsible. If they just advise you and don't sign the form, other than like a liability claim, they're not really um, responsible for, for the way it goes together. So we're, we're actually less than the accountant that doesn't sign the form. We're just, we're not even going to be liable for anything. It just, you know, it's, this is what we've learned. So that's what we're going to do next week. All
1: right. Next so uh, let's get some questions way. going. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So folks in preparation for this, cause we've been asked this question in a few ways in a few times. So it's clearly on people's mind. It's on people's mind, usually a little bit more right around April 15th, but, um, but yeah. um, we'll we'll get ahead of it for this year, and that's we'll right. do a little bit of a business talk well,
0: about things good. like
1: ex- what you can expense, and you know all these yeah. types of things. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: that's true too. Yeah,
1: yeah. And but. if you have any um, pointers for like articles or stuff, if you want to, you know, inform us more. So Dave clearly knows a lot. I've definitely done the taxes for the house rockers for the past, and and for other contractors who have worked for me um, over the years. So we have some good stuff to share. But if you have any specific questions about getting paid or being or paying uh, and, and getting your taxes done. Uh, give us a call. Sounds like a plan. Give us a post.
0: Yeah, actually we should set up a, a number. We don't have a number for people to call in, but we will, we'll have one for next week. We'll make sure we have a phone number that you can either call or text. How's that sound? That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, feedback at com, or you can find us on Facebook at Podcast. You can send us stuff either way and we will see it and respond to it and we'll incorporate it into the show and all that good stuff. And, I think that does it for today, Paul, unless you got anything
1: else. No, so audience curation. Go get them.
0: Go get them. Yeah, go get them and go go keep them.
1: That's the keep real them. trick.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess for this week, we'll say uh, enjoy playing and the show must go on.
1: The show must go on, even at
0: 8 a.m. Even at 8 a.m. Thanks for making this happen today,
1: Paul. That's good. It <laughs> yeah. Let's see Yeah.